Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. What is up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners? Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver. And this week, we have one of my good friends, uh, Ree Perez, who's joining us. He is the founder of a company called Branding for the People. And he is a seasoned brand consultant. And he has uh, Branding for the People is a leading full-service branding agency that helps entrepreneurs and expanding businesses achieve rapid growth, market leadership, and increased impact through the power of Fortune 500 branding. And uh, Ree has had senior-level positions at some top branding firms, including Interbrand, Siegel, Gale, and um, has worked with tons of startups and uh, some of the Inc. 5,000 fastest-growing companies, multi-million-dollar businesses. And full disclosure, uh, YouGurus has actually been working with Ree and Branding for the People over the last six or seven months uh, to completely overhaul and, and update the YouGurus brand. So if you guys uh, have been to our website lately or our social media platforms, you've experienced our new mark and some of our uh, new visual and language and all sorts of stuff. I mean, a complete top-to-bottom brand overhaul and uh, and branding for the people was the company, the agency that we worked with uh, throughout that process. So we're really excited to have Ree Perez on our show today. Welcome to the Digital Agency Show, Ree. Great to have you here. I'm excited. Doing well. Thanks. Great to be here. So, uh, Re, how did you uh, get into branding? Like, what was the uh, the catalyst for your company, Branding for the People? Well, actually, those are two different questions. <laughs> sort of fell into branding. Um, I don't know, maybe about twenty. 25 years ago, no one really goes to school to become a, a branding person. Maybe that's changed since I went to school, but no one really goes to school to become that. So I sort of fell into the industry. Uh, my degree is actually in organizational behavior and communications. And um, I've also studied graphic design. And somewhere along the way in my career in, in New York kind of led me into the branding world. Uh, where I was working with some of the top ad agencies, branding firms, and design firms in New York City on a consulting basis. And then uh, some clients were uh, a branding company actually wanted to to bring me on to head up a division. And, uh, and I did. And so anyway, that was the sort of the the unglamorous journey into branding. It's just one of those things that just naturally hit for me. You know, I had a really great design eye. I understood people. I, you know, was learning about business and I always looked to figure out how can I make things either work better, look better, or just be more uh, appealing uh, in the world. Because at the time, and I didn't have language for this at the time, I, I knew that um, the world could be a better place <laughs> with branding. Um, and so that's sort of my context for, for why I do branding is, is, a, is a tool to be able to change the world, right? I know everyone says that, but that is a, you know, we've transformed a lot of different businesses and people's lives through our process. Um, but how I started branding for the people was through a journey. I was working at one of the top branding firms and I remember... I remember uh, sitting in front of the global human resources director's chair and was wondering why was I getting passed up for positions? You know, I'm smart, I'm good, I'm committed and dedicated. And, and she said that I didn't have enough gray hair. 
And if you know anything about human resources, that's probably one of the most illegal things that you could possibly say. I didn't look, <laughs> I didn't look old enough. <laughs> I, I started getting gray hair when I was 20. So like I was already primed for leadership positions without even having a college degree. I love it. No wonder why. That makes sense. So yeah, the secret to success is gray hair. Um, so I knew that in that moment, that perception, people's perception of you, how you look, how you show up, um, within and even beyond your control, um, people's perception will either catapult your trajectory or it could diminish it or hurt it. And so, you know, I left that. I ended up working for a couple of other consulting firms and ad agencies. And then my last post was in Dubai in the Middle East. Spent about six months there. And I went through a series of personal life-changing, uh, not life-threatening, but certainly life-changing uh, events that led me back to come to New York. And I took six months off to, to figure out life, you know, to figure out what the hell I was going to do with my life. Uh, I knew there was something around branding. I just lost the passion for working with Fortune 500 big conglomerate multinational companies. And I looked in a different direction. And I wanted to work with brands specifically that were making some sort of economic or social impact in other people's lives. And that led me to working with entrepreneurs and small businesses. And um, through a series of journaling and brainstorming and reading and a spiritual retreat in Sedona, Arizona, I arrived at the name Branding for the People. And so that was towards the end of December 10. Uh, I officially launched January 1st, 2011. And uh, it's been nonstop ever since. Wow. That's uh, that's great, and and I want to go back to something you said about uh, making the world a, a better place uh, through mm. branding, and I you and I met um, I think just over three years ago. Uh, yeah, I, I still yeah. remember it was at the uh, the <laughs> Epic Miami. It was at the bar. It was at a, yeah. an Evan Pagan event, and and this was the conversation that came up and it happened so quickly. Uh, it was, there was like four or five entrepreneurs kind of sitting around, you know, meeting yeah. each other kind of for the first time. And the conversation of brand came up. And I remember you did this kind of round Robin of, you know, <laughs> what is brand? And it was so, you know, and of course, like I felt like maybe in, in my head, I'm thinking, Oh, I've got a much more developed, you know, uh, <laughs> idea of what brand is, you know? And, and I think maybe out of the four or five of us there, maybe I had the, <laughs> the best answer, but we were all so far off from, I think what I've come now year late years later to understand about branding through, you know, you educating me. And then now you actually, your company being involved in rebranding you gurus over the last six or seven months. Like now I feel like maybe I have a, uh, maybe I have like the high school diploma level of branding. I'm, I definitely don't have a college degree level of branding, but you know, back then I thought I had maybe the, the high school diploma, but I really didn't even, I hadn't even started like brand yeah. preschool. So, so before our listeners, can yeah. you define what branding is just because I know there's people out there that are thinking, okay, this guy designs logos or this guy, you know, must yeah. just choose company names. Can you define logo or define brand for us uh, <laughs> before brand. we uh, move on? Yeah. And it's really important. I'm glad you asked the question because it's really important to hear the rest of the conversation to really define our terms because, you know, particularly for different uh, professions, whether you're a designer or a service-based professional or a digital agency, you know, every, this term brand and branding is, is so used. It's one of the hottest topics in the business world. It's also one of the most misunderstood. Now I don't 
pretend to believe that I have the only definition of brand. It's the definition that I've been trained in. It's the definition that I've used. And it actually sort of serves everything else that I do. You know, by the way, as a side note, if you're going to work with a branding person, you know, ask them this question as well, not just on an interview, but ask them this question before you hire them because, uh, you know, some branding strategists, their, their strategy is to use all this branding jargon, never define the terms, hoping that you think, wow, that person's really smart. I should hire them. You know, my strategy is let me define these terms into plain English so that you can understand it. And if you can understand it, you can take action with it. Uh, and so anyway, I like to use the word brand as a three-word definition, a desired perception. So if brand is a desired perception, you technically don't own your brand. It resides in the minds of the people that you're communicating to. And so therefore, branding is the process of creating, shaping, and influencing the desired perception that you want in the marketplace. Now, the second question, which you didn't quite ask, but I almost compelled to just bring it up, is that it's distinct from marketing. And it's distinct from design and advertising and PR and social media. And how it's distinct is that, so if brand is a desired perception, branding is a process of creating a desired perception, marketing, social media, design, copy are all vehicles for creating that desired perception, right? So it's an implementation activity. I mean, maybe that's not the best word, but it's some, it's, it's, it's a, it's a tool to be able to create that desired perception. And you need many, if not all, and in some case, a handful of things to create the perception that you want based on where your target audiences are, what you're, how you're trying to position yourself in the marketplace, and what is going to get the most attention so that people become leads, to then become pro, you know, prospects to clients and customers and, and lifelong advocates. So anyway, I answered a lot there in there, but uh, that's my definition. And that's how it's distinct from from branding and uh, from marketing and design and, and all these other brand building activities. I mean, there there's so many vehicles that brand or branding project might touch on. And of course, I think from the, the typical client, some people are like, oh yeah, I need a new brand. You know, just give me a new logo. And right. of course thinking about how how does a logo create or influence a desired perception maybe redesigning the logo helps you know the owner of the business be more confident you know and, and then maybe sure. their confidence uh, going to events and handing people business cards without having to like hold their head in shame maybe that maybe that right. changes the desired perception but at the same time that's probably a really you know not a huge it's not going to have a huge impact if you're just all you're doing is cleaning up or, or changing a logo. And I know the process that we went with you guys uh, was a lot more than that. And, and quite frankly, it costs a lot more than that than just, you know, slapping a new logo or going to yeah. 99 designs and being like, okay, we're going to bid this out. We'll, we'll put a, 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 you know, a, a contest out. A contest with a reward of $800 and we're going to get some great stuff, you know, and then, and this is, so this is totally a tangent, but we're on a podcast. <laughs> no, it's perfect. So this is good. A friend of mine, like literally a month before we rolled out our new brand or started the process, about a month ago, I'm on a bike ride, check my email when I'm sitting on this bench kind of uh, having some water and I check my email and and one of my friends from college is starting a business and he emails me and he says, hey, we had a branding company create a logo for our uh, medical spa in France. 
or our medical tourism wasn't a spot. It's like a medical tourism. Like you go have surgery in France and save a bunch of money or whatever. And he literally just says to me like, Hey, pick, p- tell me which one you like. I need to pick a logo. And I was like, <laughs> I, you know, I was like in my head. I just like put my head <laughs> yeah. in my hands and I'm like, I can't do this. I can't do this for you. Like I emailed him back. I'm like, you know, what do you, you know, wh- what kind of uh, emotion are you trying to have people to, to do? And he was like, you know, Brent, just tell me which one you like. And I was like, ah, like, and so it was, it was funny. Cause I go in this back and forth email with a college friend. And again, I'm 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 flexing my high school diploma in branding <laughs> now. And um, but it was it was funny because I just I got this huge aha that even even for myself and my own business, a few years ago, that's kind of how we looked at um, brand at a certain level. We just didn't have a, a language for it. We didn't have the right questions to ask. And we we probably too were embarking on that thing where we just designed five logos and pick one without really thinking about it. it was more about like how we felt about the logo, not really right. about how we were positioned in the marketplace or how our customers were going to perceive us. You know, now that that's changed for me. I mean, that's just such a different view awesome. on that. And I think a lot of that's come from how you define branding and how you look at that. Yeah. And, you know, just in all fairness, I mean, a logo is can be a very symbolic uh, tool to create an identifier for your business. I mean, it's we, we had to create a logo for you gurus, a new logo, but it, it can be symbolic. It's just a matter of like, well, what what's the thinking? What's the story? And what's the strategy behind that? Uh, not just the, the master brand logo, but all of your different marketing properties and, and the whole look and feel of your brand. But, um, you know, that's one of the number one questions I get all the time. It's gone down a bit over the past few years is what do you think of my logo? Uh, you know, because I told people that's like the worst question you can ask me because it requires me to ask you 10 other questions. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your target audience? What's, what are you trying to perceive? And then now you're getting into uh, a whole branding process, right? So um, other than that, it's, it's subjective. You know, if you don't have the context and the strategy and the foundation for what is the brand, then the logo becomes a subjective conversation. I like it I, or I don't like it. So, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. So, I mean... Besides the vehicles, I think one of the um, ahas that I had was the the many, many problem areas or symptom areas within our business that might um, be uh, really related to a brand issue. Um, and, and I'll just kind of say one yeah. or two here and we can kind of, you know, go through and you can kind of provide some commentary on them. Uh, but one of them is, is we hear this on our webinars all the time. Like my client shows up and they, you know, they think that my services should cost a thousand dollars, like all in for this huge project. I mean, you basically have an attraction issue where the clients that you are attracting for some reason have a, their perception of you is totally off base what your perception is of yourself. Like, I believe that I should be, you know, charging $10,000, $20,000, $50,000 for websites, but the people that are showing up at my door uh, believe that those should cost five hundred. Now, there are, there could be issues with where are you fishing for clients and things like that, but at the end of the day, right. there's also a, uh, a brand perception problem that people don't perceive Correct. you as a high-valued consultant. So first, there's two. There's so much in what you just said, and for the people listening, and there's two things I want to comment on that. I used to tell this story, and I know I did this on you know webinar for you a year or so ago. But there's a story that I like to tell. It's about uh, the story of an 18 karat gold pair of earrings, and a professor at the Kellogg School of Management asked a group of students how much would they pay for this 18 karat gold pair of earrings, completely unbranded, right? And they said five hundred and fifty dollars. 
He then asked a second group of students how much would they pay for the same exact pair of earrings, except it was branded Tiffany. And what happened is it increased 60% to something like 800 bucks, right? I can't do the math. Uh, So it increased about 60%. But where it gets more interesting is he asked the third group of students, how much would they pay for the same exact pair of earrings, except it was branded Walmart. And what happened, it decreased 85% to $85. (laughs) So uh, it's the same product. However, the perception of the Walmart brand versus the Tiffany brand and all the associations and identifiers that go along with a premium aspirational sort of, uh, you know, uh, brand where you have an identity or a, a brand that is really geared towards the lowest cost, you know, obviously will determine what people are willing to pay for a product. And for a lot of service-based professionals and digital agencies and marketing agencies and for your service. So that's that's definitely one piece of it. And and obviously, you know, it's not just the logo, but it's the entire brand experience and what you stand for and what you're about that will determine what people will will, will pay for your services. The second yeah, go ahead. And I was gonna say before you go on the second thing, and I want to make sure we we come back to that second thing, is like what I just heard from you is that you can almost be better off you know, if you end up communicating that you're a low value or commodity brand in a way that you may be don't even realize you're doing, like maybe you're the way your brand looks or the copy you've written or whatever, it's coming off as Walmart. There's such a uh, potential damage to the value of the service that you offer in terms of pricing that if you were just to have gone back to like gold earrings without your brand, <laughs> you would have been better off than having a commodity <laughs> brand name associated, you know, versus the the upside of trying to maybe go premium that Delta isn't necessarily like the, the difference between gold earrings and Tiffany gold earrings isn't even that much. It's almost like the, but the difference between gold earrings and Walmart gold earrings is significantly lower. And that maybe is the mistake that most people are making is somehow they're coming across as a commodity player before the customer even shows up. Yeah, but no, that's a good point. Just one quick, and I'll, and I'll be fast in this just to just to be to make sure that we can get all the questions in for the listeners. There was a there was a client uh, that I worked with, and prior to hiring me, we were together. I won't mention his name because he's kind of pretty known. So. Uh, he pitched me the idea because I get pitched too, right? So he pitched me the idea of working with this comp- his company. And, uh, you know, I was like, all right, let me hear the pitch. So I heard the pitch. And after that, I was like, okay, cool. And then I started to walk away. And he was like, well, wait a minute. Re, you're like our ideal target audience. How come you didn't go for it? And I paused and I did the, you know, the 10 to 15 second rule that we do with websites, right? You have an initial impression <laughs> that's going to have you opt, <laughs> drop off or not. Uh, so anyway, I looked at all, all of his branding because we were at an event and I looked it up and down and I said, you know, you're selling high ticket, but you look low ticket. <laughs> and he was like, fuck. You're right. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to curse on your podcast, but he was like, fuck, you're right. That's so it. So, you know, he came down to San Diego uh, and we did a strategy day uh, for his business and brand. And so just, you, I love what you said. It's like, if you're going to go up market, you have to, sh- you have to be the part and it's fine. If you're going to, if you're going to go for the mass market, then just know 
that you don't need to look like a high-end luxury brand. Just know that you need to look affordable or economical or best value for your money, whatever that is. So <laughs> there, you can build a business on both both sides of the spectrum, yeah. as did Walmart and T- Tiffany. Just know who you're targeting. Just know that will influence what they can charge. And, uh, and, and I think too, though, is is a lot of people, even if they mentally think, oh, I'm going to go after the lower cost market, I mean, that's a volume play and most people that's aren't right. setting themselves up as the Walmart that is literally like trying to eat the world, right? Like they are, they are truly going after volume. Most people are trying to live like they're, they're, they're going after uh, like a boutique amount of clients, like a couple clients a month, but they're just charging, you know, commodity Walmart prices, which is, is not getting them to a good place. So what was the, the second part of that? You know, I almost forgot we were still engaged in this conversation. I forgot the second part to it. Um, I, you know, but I, but something else did come up, and maybe I'll sort of categorize this as my second thing, <laughs> is because it's such a healthy conversation. In order to get what you're looking to get paid for for your services, I hate to say it, but a lot of it is also mindset. And so, actually, I don't mean to hate to say that mindset is a huge factor in business building as an entrepreneur, as an agency owner, whatever. And so there was something that shifted for me seven years ago when I came into, because I was working for big firms. I, you know, I had all these resources ahead of me. I knew what my hourly bill rate was. I had a salary. And so when I entered into the, the entrepreneur space, you know, even myself, I kind of had to look at, okay, I want to build this agency. You know, what is what are some of the things that I need to surround myself or the thinking that I need to adopt in order to be able to to be able to have a successful business? Now, truth be told, you know, I, I worked at some of the best branding firms. And so I came out of the gate with a little bit of some might say arrogance, but a little bit of extra confidence. <laughs> and and I always went up market. I was I was probably I positioned myself really well. Um, in terms of um, always expensive out of the gate because I believed in the value of what I had to say. And so what I'm, what I'm pointing at is in order to create a desired perception, you have to first have that same perception of yourself. And that's mindset. And the second thing is um, in the same conversation, as someone told me once, I heard this from one of these, you know, those motivational speakers or mindset speakers is that you're, you're only able to receive that which you're willing to spend or invest in. So think about it. If you're trying to get a 99 design logo and then you're trying to go for a high end, trying to get a $50,000 project, you know, there's, there's an integrity gap there, right? You're basically saying, well, let me cheapen out on my own branding and yet let me have you invest in quite a bit for your brand or your marketing. And you know, I've since, you know, coming from the big branding firms, I was like 2000 bucks was a, was a big investment at that time. You know, now I've spent 25, 50, a hundred thousand dollars. I mean, the, the mindset expands when you believe in who you are and the value that you provide. And then this, the other part that I want people to hear is that if you're not willing to invest 20, 30, 50,000, whatever the number is, how can you expect someone else to invest that in you? We see that a lot, you know, for our bootcamp program, for example, a lot of times it's the first opportunity that somebody has ever had in our industry to invest in mentorship or coaching or Mm -hmm. that kind of personal growth within their business. Like maybe they've invested in a code school program or maybe they've invested in their, you know, education in terms of the technical side of things, but they haven't really thought of 
like growing that business side. Maybe they're like, oh, I'm not really into business. So I don't want to, I don't want to be a salesperson, but they don't realize how much that affects the outcome in their business. And, and we hear right. that all the time from people where it's, it's the very first time they've ever gotten an opportunity to make an investment in, in themselves. And it's, it's really uncomfortable, but at the same time, they're asking their clients to invest 10 or 20 or $30,000. But if they're unwilling to invest even a few thousand dollars in their, in themselves, there's a disconnect. And then it's, it's very difficult to overcome that when you don't have that, that growth mindset. And I think mindset too, probably like brand is a term that gets uh, tossed around and abused um, a bit in our market. Now, one of the other problems that uh, came up for us. And one of the reasons I, I maybe call it the catalyst or um, one of the few catalysts that, that came up for us in terms of brand, like we always knew, at least for the last couple of years, we knew that we had a, a brand issue, whether it was a visual problem or mm-hmm. a logo problem or um, like a perception problem. Like we, yeah. and, and for us too, we had kind of become a different company. When we started our business and then over five years, the, um, you know, we kind of strayed from our initial mission and we kind of evolved with the marketplace at some level. Like we started, you know, uh, shifting our own personal mission just slowly over the years. But when you compare it to where we started five years ago, it was a pretty big um, divergence. And so we knew we had yeah. a brand problem, but then inside the business, one of the things that came up for us as a symptom was, uh, and, I'll, and I'll tell us this very specific story is we had uh, another Legion agency, not, not you guys, but somebody else that was specific to Legion. They were creating a Facebook ad for us. They were doing some creative work for us. And I got this creative. And of course we're on a podcast right now, so I can't like, show you guys <laughs> this thing. Visual. Maybe, maybe we'll show yeah. it in the show notes, but we got this creative from, you know, just, I mean, like any business, right? You're out there, you're advertising, you're hustling, you're doing stuff. People within our organization, I mean, we've got 20 or so people that are either full-time or contracted within you gurus, you know, they're producing stuff in the name of you gurus every single day. And so as you know, CEO, I can't just sit there and micromanage obviously that much activity, but I got, I get this, this, this comp, this visual comp, and it's this ad that is like studio 54. It it is so far off of who I thought we were as you gurus. And it was promoting our, our webinar for our, our bootcamp program. And it was like all this like flash and whiz bang and like these circles and just this thing, studio 54. Right. And I'm, I'm, I see this ad and I'm going like, I'm like, what? That's so not, I'm like, ah, like this is, this must be why we're not getting leads. And whether, I mean, I'm sure a lot of, it would have gotten a lot of clicks. And that's, of course, the hard part is I'm sure if they ran the ad, I'm sure it would have gotten a lot of clicks. And it actually might have even gotten our business some short-term gains. Now, I don't know what would have happened down the funnel and things like that. But I see this ad and I'm like, that's not us. That's not where we fit in the marketplace. And now I find myself in a situation where I'm you know, working with my marketing lead. And then we together are now talking to a, uh, an advertisement manager. And then the ad manager is now talking to a designer and we are embarking on what I'd call a mini branding project where they're yeah. like, you know, well, why isn't this thing good? And I'm like, well, cause we're not studio 54. We're more like maybe oceans 11. And then, you know, that, that's what Steve said. And then I'm like, are we oceans 11? Like, I don't know, you know? And, and so we're like having this, discussion over Slack and then Slack turns into like these phone calls. And then before we know it, we're like hours in because we're just trying to create this video, this, this video. And I think what I realized in that moment was I was like, you know, Oh my God, like how many of these moments are there in our business where we are embarking on mini branding projects because we haven't done 
the big homework of defining our desired perception in a very clear and coherent way, way where we can hand a document that says, yeah. here is our, here is who we are, here's what we stand for, and then all the way down to that visual and language, like those much more specific, tangible things of, you know, here's our current stock portfolio, stock f- photography, you know, approved photos. Yeah. Here's our, you know, our overall aesthetic approved thing. Here's the language that you need to be using, et cetera. Like we haven't done that. And so me as CEO, I'm, I'm sitting here like micromanaging a, you know, $200 design asset or something, you know, that like, I mean, before we know it, we're having these meetings with, you know, I mean, it's like everybody so it ends up being, it ends up costing more, I suppose, between your time and the rest of the team's time. Totally. You know, yeah. You might've gotten like a, you know, a fraction of the price for the design, but you end up, it ends up costing more. <laughs> and that was the moment where I was like, all right, you know, this, the madness has to stop. <laughs> we, have to, we have to figure this out because it's affecting like every time we think of like, oh, we need to redo our website or hey, we need to, we have an event coming up or hey, we're launching a new product. Like every time we do anything, there was always this conversation around like, well, what's the brand? And, and I think at the end of the day, just after five years of that, it just started to not all line up. I love it. I love it. No, that's great. And now you have all the tools. Now, to be honest, it gets it gets even more fun from here, to be honest. I know because we've gone through this branding process with you, but it gets more fun from here because you're able to make, you know, I'll say this for everyone listening, right? You're Once you define your brand, you're able to make decisions more quickly in your business and determining what's on brand versus off brand. And the other benefit too in defining the brand is that now it's not a debate between this D, you know, I'll use you and and Steve, does Steve like it or does Brent like it or which one? No, it's what's on brand for this enterprise. That's a totally different conversation, right? So, you know, defining that brand for the first place, you'll find that you're able to move through a lot of these spaces quicker and you could focus on on the other things that are that are most impactful and most important. I mean, and that happened for us even in the project when we saw the new uh, visual identity, which by the time this podcast goes live, will be uh, will be you know on our website. But we actually there was a you know a couple of versions, you know, like a good you know branding company. Yeah. You guys presented us with some some options, but I think one of the things that was even interesting in that process, which if you are a branding company um, or you're doing logos or things like that, it, it was really interesting because it was like, okay, here are the three options, and it wasn't just like, oh, go get a designer to just like jam out their personal ideas. It was like, okay, this option is is more tilted towards this idea of the brand. This option is kind of more conservative down the middle. And then this option is more tilted towards this other thing. And it was a lot less about our own personal aesthetics. And even initially, I was like gangbusters on this one direction that was kind of (laughs) out there. It was a little bit edgy. And then, you know, we went through, we went back to our brand platform and I went through and I said, okay, you know, what are we trying to accomplish here in the marketplace? What are we trying to, what's that? The, the emotional perceptions that we had all these like things that you guys had provided us yeah. and we went through that and it was like there was a clear winner for our brand platform and it wasn't the one that I personally was all jazzed about and I remember just I stayed up like really late that night and I was just like <laughs> that we get we have to even though we told you guys in the meeting we're going this other direction because <laughs> I was like we're going to be edgy and cool and then <laughs> I mean it's it's cool regardless but there was just one that was a little bit more out there more creative and, and fun. Yeah. And then we, we looked at everything that we were trying to accomplish as a business. And I woke up <laughs> the next day and I was like, yeah, we have to go. We're going to go a different direction. 
And yeah, uh, we were definitely surprised with that. One. I mean, not surprised <laughs> as in like, because you were so decisive, but you're right. We always tell people, you know, just sleep on it. Sometimes even like print it out and look at the directions and then really look at your brand platform as the, as the, as the filter from which what's the best expression of this brand platform. In, in everything, I think in that vein too, in our, in our project, I mean, it, it all took a lot of work obviously, but even, you know, website, slide decks, uh, business cards, um, you know, everything seemed to like flow much faster. And I think to your point, I'm really looking forward to that flowing kind of you know, once we're actually finally <laughs> through all of this project, like I'm, I'm looking forward to getting that bandwidth back. And I think that'll pay dividends over, over many, many years. So how could somebody, and obviously I know, um, how they could, we, we'll talk a little bit about how they can find out more information about burning for the people. But when we're thinking about like, if I'm a digital agency, not even I'm not even selling branding, but if as a digital agency, what are maybe some simple steps that I could do to either assess my brand or maybe even just you know kind of define what my desired perception is that is you know uh, maybe they're not yet ready to to go hire branding for the people or a branding firm, but what are some of those things that I could start thinking about now that would maybe help my business or help me um, you know get better alignment around the value I'd like to receive from my business and, and what my customers are currently paying. Yeah. So I'll give a couple of pointers. I mean, I always like to give information from either two perspectives, right? Or both. And there's things that you can do on your own uh, as most entrepreneurs and probably there's a lot of CEOs and founders on the call and, you know, they founded the company and they're self-starters. So there's things that you can do on your own. And then there's some things where you just really can't do it on your own. You know, there's some things where you just have to hire out because it's not your area of expertise. So here's what you could do on your own. A good starting point is understanding your who, what, and why. Now, I know that this sounds very basic, but like, hear me out. Understanding who are your target audiences, what's the problem you solve for them, and then why should they listen to you? Why should they care? Why, th- why should they buy from you? Now, I've oversimplified you know, probably a couple different modules in a branding process. But to have this land, branding is an outside-in process. So remember the Tiffany versus Walmart, right? It's, they're targeting different audiences. So that's why we start with the who. You know, I know Simon Sinek says to start with why, but when it comes to branding, you start with the who. So who are your target audiences? And then what's the problem that you solve for them? You know, these are things that you could probably figure out on your own. And then the why. There's different types of why. Why should they choose you over everyone else in, in your industry? Which leads me to my second uh, tip that I'd like to give. If you haven't done this, and I've done this within a workshop with, uh, with several business owners at one point, and I'm surprised that people actually haven't done this before, but identify your top three to five competitors. And we all know that in the digital marketing space, it's becoming even even more competitive and everyone's sort of vying for market share in that space because it's a much valuable uh, uh, tool to growing and scaling a business. So look at your top three to five competitors, whether it's in your region, whether it's in your area of expertise or specialty, and then really take a look. What If you were to look at everything that they're saying, everything that they offer, and what they say makes them different, and you compare that against what you're saying, are you really saying something else or something different? Or is there something else for you to think through in terms of how you are going to be best positioned vis-a-vis all these competitors? 
right? So that's a very interesting exercise is to, to put everything that you could possibly say or, or have said or should say about your company. Now plot that against everyone else who's in your category and then ask yourself, are you saying something unique? So either you're a quote unquote me too brand or B, you are an innovative brand in that space uh, or C, you might not even be innovative and you might not be another me too, but you might be better or you might be the best at uh, a particular uh, area in, in your space. So then the third tip that I would like to give, because I like to think in threes, <laughs> um, the third tip that I would give is once you figure out your who, what, and why, and once you figure out what is the message, the overarching message that you want to convey to your target audience, now go and ask your target audiences, ideally if they're existing clients, if you have uh, an established business, your ideal target clients, or if you're just starting out, maybe you want to find a few people who fit your target demographic and psychographic and ask them, hey, based on, based on my branding and what I'm saying, does this resonate with you? Does this create a perception that you'll likely want to do business with me. So it's a lot of information gathering. It's a lot of thinking, but it's just kind of getting a litmus test to see how well your brand is performing in the marketplace. Does that make sense? Totally. Awesome. I, I love, I love the threes. Uh, and, I, and this time I let you totally like unpack all three and I wasn't going to interrupt because I'm like, we're not going to lose that thought. But um, Rhi, that's been totally awesome. Are you, uh, are you ready for a quick lightning round? Yeah, go for it. All right. What is the best advice you've ever received? Well, as an agency owner, uh, the best advice that I've gotten was uh, to, and it was really a mindset shift of, do I want to build a practice or do I want to build a business? And so after three years of being a practice owner, <laughs> um, I shifted uh, my time, my energy, my focus on building a business rather than a practice. So um yeah, the advice was to build a business, not a practice. Mm. Or even just ask yourself that question and, and be specific about what the answer is because those are probably different activities that you would focus on uh, in, That's true. in either of those. Uh, which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? Uh, lately, it has been because I, I, I think they've changed over time. But for the past year, I've really blocked out instead of reaching for Facebook or my email right away, <laughs> the moment I wake up <laughs> is um, I go for a walk, uh, a hike or yoga um, or some form of meditation. But it's some kind of self-nurturing activity first thing in the morning before I even open up email or respond or do phone calls. That's great. Can you share an internet resource or a tool that you use that our listeners might find valuable? You know, uh, every business owner needs good sales. And uh, we have happened to, to use Streak. And, uh, you know, I'm not an affiliate with Streak. We just happen to use this for our sales management system. Uh, and the beauty of it, it allows you to be able to, to integrate it with Gmail which is the, the backend that we use for our email. So you can track all of your sales conversations, put things in stages, and everything is all in one spot. I love when systems talk to one another. <laughs> I love consolidation. So if I'm logging on the Gmail to check email or look at my calendar, I love to be able to just kind of look at the sales pipeline uh, using Streak. 
Awesome. And uh, what book would you recommend and why? You know, I would say I'm going to attribute the the book, the The Power of Now. You know, it's not a business book. It's more of a mindset book. It's actually probably more of a spiritual book, if anything. But it's the, it's called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And when I was in Dubai, I told you very early on when I was going through this life-changing event, I, I picked up this book, The Power of Now, while I was out there dealing with what I was dealing with. And uh, what I really got from that, I, I, would, I could even say it actually just saved my life. But what I really got from that was just being in the present moment. You know, as business owners, it's so easy to get caught up of where you should be as a business owner or where you should be as a person. But if you just pay attention to what's right in front of you right now and you're fully present in it, uh, one, you'll appreciate it that much more. And then two, you don't rob yourself um, of the opportunities that are already right in front of you as opposed to some fictitious things of what the future might hold or anxiety around what has happened in the past. That's great. I actually, um, I just wrote that as something I'm going to re-listen to that book. I have it on audio <laughs> uh, on uh, Audible. And yeah. the last time I was... So I first got that book, which I wanted to say for our audience, great book recommendation. Has not come up yet on the podcast. Um, and uh, I like to be different. <laughs> but it, I was... I was li- so I listened to it once, like all the way through. And then I had I was going up for a couple of days ski trip up in the mountains. And, and this was like years ago. And I was like, oh, guys, like I had some some entrepreneur friends in the car. And, we're gonna go, and I was like, we got to like listen to this. You got to listen <laughs> to this book with me. It's You know, it's not a, your usual business stuff, but this would be a great like primer for us as we go up on this like couple day snowboard trip to just get present in the moment. And of course, like we're listening to this and I'm driving up like I-70 and it's a very, um, it's of course Eckhart Tolle that's reading, you know, doing the reading, very mesmerizing uh, audiobook. Um, yeah. I actually would recommend to not be driving because I'm like driving up <laughs> to the mountains and I'm like literally like, I'm kind of like everybody in the car is like, nobody's talking, like falling into this like trance. And I was like, oh my God, like, I am in a total trance and I'm the one driving the car. I was like, okay guys, we're going to hit, we're going to press pause. And then we ended up, <laughs> we ended up finishing the book, I think up in the mountains, like in the hot tub or something, but it was just it's so funny. That so funny. I, if you are going to listen to the power of town, one recommendation, don't do it while driving. Cause it is, um, it can get a little bit trance. Like I think when you're listening to it and they had like a little bell in between chapters and, and it just like, it was, it was definitely a great one, but, uh, Re, how can our audience find out more about you? Yeah, it's pretty simple. It's just branding for the people and it's branding F-O-R, not the number four, but brandingforthepeople.com. We we have a pretty very simple navigation and lots of great free resources. Check out our some of our work and our portfolio. I'm sure you'll see the YouGurus brand up there at some point. I don't know. But uh, yeah, check out some of our videos, our cool stuff. But yeah, just brandingforthepeople.com. We'd love to connect and, and, and support you in, in your journey of building your business. Awesome. Ree, thanks again for stopping by the Digital Agency Show and uh, best of luck to you and your business. And again, thank you for all the amazing work you've done for uh, our company. Thank you so much, Brent. All right. Have a great day. I'll speak with you soon. All right. That's it for this week's show, guys. Stay tuned next week. I'm Brent Weaver.